Good morning. Welcome to Under the Wire, wherever you're coming from. Thank you so much for joining me. As you can see, I'm not in my bunker today. I've actually decided to be a rebel. How crazy is this? I am sitting outside. I've also got a fan on because it's a little bit hot. So if you can't hear me or you're having problems hearing me because the fan noise is loud, please let me know and um, I will turn the fan off and sweat. That's okay. <laughs> so thank you all for joining me this morning. It's going to be a bit of a different under the wire because today is not so much about information as it is about what is being done to us, what lies we are being fed, what we can do about it, and why we have to do something about it. Because if we don't, life as we have come to know it is over. And I'm not being overdramatic, I'm not being, you know, a fear monger, I'm not being anything like that. Um, I am just being realistic. If we sit back and take what has been happening to us um, and not react to it and not try to do something to stop it, then we are going to be in for um, pain, real pain. So, good morning, Claire. Good to see you here. Thank you for joining me. And Sally Ann, as always, thank you for coming all the way from the Philippines to Under the Wire. I appreciate that. So, we're living in crazy times, absolutely crazy times. Um, this is the new definition of romance, a, uh, a 6 or 12 stem bouquet of toilet paper, because after all, this is now the new currency in Australia, uh, toilet paper, because this is what we're short of, not short of food, not short of anything that we need for life, but we're short of toilet paper. And we have a population that is terrified, absolutely terrified. It's amazing. I went to um, Bangalore the other day to the grocery store. There's a small grocery store there, and the aisles are very narrow. And I was walking up the aisle, and there was a woman who was walking towards me. And as I approached her, she flattened herself against the shelves so she could get as far away from me as possible. And, like, I always smile at people and say, hello, I'm from New York, it's what you do. And she was just this look on her face of terror, absolute terror. We have drunk the Kool-Aid. We are now afraid of our fellow human beings. Hi, Alexis. And part of me is thinking that that might be part of the plan, is to separate us, to make us afraid of each other, to keep us away from each other. Um, this is a meme from the United States, but it could just as easily apply to Australia. Parents in America piss their kids, can't go to school due to an illness they don't have. The irony. And that's exactly what we have here in Australia, where children who are perfectly healthy are not allowed to go to childcare or preschool because they're not vaccinated. Um, it is insanity. It is unscientific. And there is nothing about this situation that actually um, makes any sense. Now, I'm going to share parts of a video. I'm going to skip ahead because it's about 11 minutes long and I don't want to show the whole thing. But this is a situation that we're being told about, where people are going out and filming the hospitals near them because we're being told that hospitals are being overrun. Tens of thousands of people are sick. 
um, they are dying in droves. Good morning, Adam. Um, they are dying left, right, and center. It's almost as if we can see them dropping dead on the street. Yes, Jesse, it is incredibly sad, and we need to wake each other up because I know most of the people here are awake, but too many of our uh, friends, family, and uh, other people that we know are sound asleep. So I'm just going to share this little video with you. I'm going to skip ahead. So if I was someone who actually knew how to edit videos, I could have just cut it down myself. But instead, you're going to have to put up with me skipping ahead, and I do apologize in advance. Thing that I ran across on social media, it was trending on social media, hashtag film your hospital. Uh, a bunch of people around the nation upon hearing these reports of the hospitals being overflowed, the emergency room being packed, that they need beds outside and tents outside because there's just this massive flow of patients coming in due to the coronavirus outbreak. Well, these people took it upon themselves to get out into their own community, to go film their own hospitals, to see if what these mainstream media reports were reporting about these hospitals that are completely overloaded was true. Now, they hashtagged it, film your hospital. You're looking at some of the video on your screen. I do want to start with a gentleman here in Denver, Colorado, Brandon Bowser, who visited a hospital named St. Joseph. Take a listen to what he had to say. This is St. Joseph's Hospital. Parking lot is empty. I went inside of St. Joseph's and I went in several different waiting rooms and there was no more than one person in each waiting room that I went into. Um, the emergency over there is slow as can be. And every nurse I've talked to has told me that they're extremely slow and that there's not much going on. Symptoms. Can you blame Americans for wanting to verify the truth? when networks like CBS are doing things like this. Cases are being found right here. Crowded subway cars may have accelerated the spread. New York's governor says FEMA gave the state 400 ventilators. To that, he said this. What am I going to do with 400 ventilators when I need 30,000? So when you're watching this from CBS, the slant, you know, is the great need for the equipment. We don't have enough equipment. So the crowded... ER shot demonstrates we, we have an epicenter of this disease in New York and we don't have enough. We need 30,000 ventilators. But the only problem is this footage has already run on Sky News on March 22nd talking about Italy. Yeah. This is the main hospital in Bergamo in Lombardy province. It's one of the most advanced hospitals in Europe. <laughs> This morning for about the last 45 minutes. Confirmed cases, people waiting to get tested, supplies are in demand there. Somebody said there would be hordes of people inside, that's why I didn't go in. Let's see, the doctor with his mask on and everything. Look at that. Nobody. Completely empty. This is police, no EMS, nothing. to keep order here because so many have been lining up every day to get tested. Where's the long lines to people trying to get tested? I don't see that. I just wanted to give you guys an idea of what it looks like here in New York City. The mayor, the governor says our hospitals have been turned into war zones. Well, I want to give you an idea of what that war zone looks like here in downtown Brooklyn. So this is my neighborhood. This is the Brooklyn Hospital Center. And uh, again, you're hearing one thing on the mainstream media, 
And this is what it's like in reality. Okay, so as you can see, and Sharon, yes, that is a very good point. What is he going to do with 30,000 ventilators? You need trained technicians and doctors to man each one. And what I've been told, and I don't know if this is true because I'm not a doctor myself, but I've been told this by doctors and nurses, is that ventilators in and of themselves can be extremely dangerous and that they can um, cause death just by being put onto a ventilator and they can damage your nose and your whole uh, breathing apparatus in there uh, simply because we use them. So ventilators are not the be-all and end-all. But the fact is that according to all of the information that we have been seeing, um, we're being lied to. And one of my favorite expressions is, how do you know that a mainstream journalist is lying? The answer is, their lips are moving. Um, they are so full of lies. Good morning, Nadine. It's good to see you here. Um, they are so full of lies. And that brings me to my next point. Um, Jane Hansen. For those of you who don't know about Jane Hansen, um, she lives in my area as far as I know. She writes um, a weekly article that comes out on Sunday in the Daily Telegraph and it's syndicated in other newspapers. Jane and I are like this. Actually, we're more like that. But um, she, I'll just share this little screenshot. Um, she, this is her page on the Daily Telegraph with links to her articles and the most recent article. It says, Special Interest in Vaccination. And, <laughs> yes, special interest in vaccination basically means special interest in making sure that nobody has a choice about vaccine. Lead journalist on the No Jab, No Play, Slash Pay campaign. Yes, for those of you who don't know this, hey, Leanne, it's good to see you here this morning. Thanks for joining me. Um, for those of you who don't know this, the Daily Telegraph and the mainstream media actually are the ones who pushed for no jab, no play, and no jab, no pay. We have policy, government policy, being written by um, Murdoch Media. This is not policy based on me. This is policy based on marketing. So this is Jane Hansen. And um, we don't have any love lost between the two of us. I've had a long history with her. Yesterday, I got this email from her. Hello, Meryl. Me Too asks you why you are encouraging your members to break the law and travel outside the home to visit hospitals. So now, going outside of our houses is breaking the law. Is this reckless and irresponsible? I am writing about it, so would appreciate a response. Regards. And then she quoted uh, what I had put up on the ABN Facebook page a couple of days ago. Are you being lied to? If you are out and about in the next couple of days, why don't you take your phones and pop into the local hospital? Let us know how crowded it is or not. Is coronavirus really overwhelming our nation? Or is our nation overwhelming us with lies and killing our economy and us? So that's what she wanted a response to, and I responded to her. Hi, Jane. I said that if they were out and about anyway to pop over and check whether their local hospitals look crowded. If you think that is irresponsible, I wish you would take a look at your own articles with an unbiased eye. Now that is irresponsible. And if someone is out anyway, I see no reason why it would be considered illegal for them to pass by the hospital on their way out or back. 
Don't you think you are going a bit too far with this control thing, Jane? From everything I've been told, many hospitals have empty or nearly empty car parks. So where are all the COVID-19 sufferers? Perhaps this would be a good angle for your article this weekend, and one that, oddly, nobody in the mainstream media seems to be covering. And here's the best bit. Also, I would like to invite you to join me tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. New South Wales time on my weekly broadcast, Under the Wire. It would be good to discuss your views on this issue. Perhaps you watched the High Wire this morning, which comes out of the U.S., and if you have not yet watched yesterday's High Wire, honestly, you should watch the High Wire every week. But yesterday's High Wire was especially important uh, because they talked a lot about the modeling that was used to lock down the world because of coronavirus and how the person who did that modeling based it on flu vaccination information, sorry, flu information that was 13 years old, and they had to admit that they were completely wrong and take the death rates down by more than 2,400%. But anyway, I said, if so, you would see that there is really a lot to talk about. Let me know, Meryl. Um, Sadly, I never heard back from Jane Hansen, but I'm sure that her article tomorrow in the Daily Telegraph will be down to her regular standard. It will be an attack piece against me, saying that I have urged people to break the law and that, um, you know, really and truly, I'm putting people's lives at risk. And if that's the tack that she wants to take, that's fine. Let her take it. Um, But the fact is that we need to be holding the government and the media accountable for the lies that they're telling because they are harming us and in some cases even killing us. Um, And Allah, yes, we should be questioning journalists about their lies. And I hope that many of you will find the time to read the article tomorrow in the Daily Telegraph. I will posted to the ABN's Facebook page uh, in the morning if I can get it and uh, and respond to Jane Hansen. I'll put her email address there so feel free to write to her and let her know what you think. Um, and Sharon says hospitals are public for the public to access. Why is she threatened by the public reporting what they see? She has taken posts or comments from social media for her articles itself. No? Correct me if I'm wrong. You are not wrong at all. Um, yeah, the queen of cut and paste. Uh, I just think that it's really important that we don't just believe everything that we're told. We need to actually be, um, we need to be questioning everything. We need to be holding people accountable if we catch them in lies. And there have been an incredible amount of porkies about this issue. Um, and it's, it's not just the mainstream media, it's even our government. Uh, We really and truly need to hold them all accountable. Here's something. Um, This was taken from, I believe, Facebook, but I'm not sure. Uh, Hey, I'm an RN as well, and we were told that first they rule out flu and any other respiratory illness, and then they would send the patients to ICU on airborne precautions. They admitted this wasn't necessary, and they really just need to be on droplet, but they want to be over-precautious. And then they would do a nasal swab, just like the flu, to test for coronavirus. Of course, this is what they say, but I haven't seen an actual positive coronavirus lab on anyone. And that is interesting, because a lot of the tests are coming back as false positives. 
Uh, Sally Ann says, the lack of people at hospitals is very concerning. It means people are not getting routine care. This will also have devastating effects. And all um, elective surgeries have been canceled. Many people are being told they can't go to the hospital unless they've got coronavirus or think they have coronavirus. Here's another. This is from a news story in the United States again. It shows three people, one of them in military uniform, wheeling in a coronavirus patient to the hospital. They have their face masks on, they're taking precautions, they're, you know, safety first. But as you can see, if you look at the area in the circle, this is not a person, this is a dummy. So who's the dummy? Uh, if they have to actually use images like this, to try and make people feel that there is a real epidemic taking place and people are going to die, then we have to ask, why can't they use real people being wheeled in? Um, it is pretty crazy. Um, I just, I'm using a lot of memes today because there have been some fabulous memes about this issue. He went through his windscreen, got trampled by a herd of cows, then was run over by a tractor. And the doctor says, so, another case of COVID-19 there. Um, it is quite crazy that we have people who have COVID-19 or coronavirus on their death certificate when... What happens is, let's say someone is in the hospital at death's door, and they're being treated for cancer, okay, and they are, you know, they've been, they're on hospice, whatever, they know that they only have a short time to live. They end up dying, there's a post-mortem, um, tests are run, and in the tests, this person may have had uh, terminal cancer, they may have had really serious diabetes, they may have had heart disease, but in the test, they actually find coronavirus in the test. What the doctors have been doing is putting down COVID-19 as a cause of death, or even if they didn't put COVID-19 down as a cause of death, the health departments are reporting that this patient had COVID-19. Now, there is a really big difference between actually having and dying from an infection or just having a coincidental, um, and I hate using that word, but, you know, just a, a, an, a, you know, you have the presence of coronavirus in your body when you die from something else. And I've used this example before, but if we take a 100 random people on the street and we do nasal swabs, 10 out of that 100 will most likely have pneumococcal meningococcal or HIB bacteria in their nose and throat. These are bacteria that can cause bacterial meningitis and septicemia. They can also cause uh, ear infections, or you can just have the bacteria without having any symptoms whatsoever. So if you have that bacteria in your nose and throat, and you get hit by a car, and you die because of that, it would be outrageous to say that you died because of one of those bacteria. Well, it's the same thing with saying, adding to the official statistics, people who died from uh, comorbid conditions, not from uh, coronavirus at all. So um, I'm just going to share this one. Now, I've gone to this person's Twitter page, a Twitter uh, thread, and, and this is something that he did post. New York Army nurse, 20-year Army nurse at a hospital for four years, had three deaths a week due to bronchitis and pneumonia. 
Next morning, came in and saw death certificates changed to corona. How accurate are the numbers? Is this messed up? And I guess if this is happening on a widespread basis, the numbers are not accurate at all. And yes, indeed, it is very messed up. Here is something from one of the government departments. Um, I believe this is in the UK talking about, yeah, NHS, that's the UK, talking about how coronavirus is tested for and how the deaths of people who died from coronavirus are being counted. The very last thing says, deaths of people who have had a positive test for COVID-19 could, in some cases, be due to a different cause. Again, what they're saying is if somebody has a different condition and they pass away, even if it's because of that condition, it is going to be called a death from COVID-19. So if that's the case, how many people are actually dying as a result of COVID-19 rather than with COVID-19? And I would think that the vast majority of the people who are dying are dying with COVID-19. And until we get real statistics um, that we can count on where people actually died because of COVID-19 in Italy, they say that only about 18% of the people who had COVID-19 on their death certificate actually died from COVID-19. Um, the other 80, sorry, it was 12% because the other 88% died from something else. So if we're talking only 12% of the people who are dying, <laughs> sorry, I just saw a Sharon right over at, over at 19. Me too. I feel exactly the same. Uh, Sally Ann said, my sister had a friend just diagnosed with lung cancer who was told he can't start getting treated for six months. Well, there you go. Because the hospitals have closed down most of the wards um, and only leaving open their uh, isolation wards and the emergency departments and testing areas. So people are not getting treatment that they actually need. And yeah, Sharon said, medical staff are now without work because of the collapse of elective surgery. Uh, and we've seen, and I think I've got a, a slide here about this, about how many uh, nurses and doctors are being put on what they call furlough, which I, I guess means that they're just being given time off until things pick up. And you would think that if the situation were as horrendous as we've been told it is, they would all be working round the clock. But instead... Hundreds and thousands of them are out of work. So we have people who are completely off the planet. And that includes some police officers, sadly. This is a meme. Margaret, you've been around the park once already. You're asking for a taser. And this is a joke, but it's actually not a joke. Um... Are you telling us we're trapped like rats? And this is one of the reasons why I decided to do today's Under the Wire outside. No, rats can't be trapped that easily. You're trapped like people who blindly trust their own government. And I am telling you, when it comes to this issue, it is my belief that we cannot trust the government, we cannot trust the mainstream media, and we cannot trust the medical authorities to tell us the truth. They've been caught in too many lies. And there are people out there I read something the other day that if you ever want to know how you would act in Nazi Germany, if you lived in Nazi Germany, now is the time to find that out. And there are a lot of Nazis out there. 
Again, I went to this person's Twitter feed. Um, I read all through the comments here. I mean, this was a couple of days ago. She's probably got more comments. Not once. What I was looking for is for her to say, ha ha, got you, fooled you. Um, this is an early April Fool's joke. Not once did she say that. My 78-year-old mom is going to my sister's gravesite, and my dad is next to hers. It is my sister's anniversary. I've expressed my concerns, but I can't stop her. It's sad, but I guess I'm going to have to dob her into the cops. Oh, well, six months in jail will do her good. When I read that, I thought this has to be a joke. But no, I don't think it is. I think that this woman, and I hope that I'm wrong, but I think this woman actually was willing to send her mother, her 78-year-old mother, to jail for six months because she dared to go to the cemetery and visit her daughter's grave. Um, it is really, really sad. Leanne, friend's father-in-law had one leg, has on one leg, had open heart surgery, never been well since, found on the floor after falling out of bed for several hours. Uh, hospital refused to take him in. Well, there you go. There's the caring arts for you. That's incredible. Uh, Sharon said, surely Boris Johnson and Prince Charles had top-notch prevention protocols. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but Boris Johnson and Prince Charles went into voluntary 14-day uh, quarantine because they were both diagnosed with coronavirus. Prince Charles was out in five days, Boris Johnson, as far as I know, in three. So how does that work? How does that actually work? Um, Sally Ann said, my sister's friend works in a pathology lab. She's also out of work because they've stopped routine blood tests. Brother-in-law is an orthopedic surgeon. He's on furlough now. So there you go. Um, coronavirus has taken over the entire health department. And aside from destroying our society and our economy, it's also destroying our hospital system and our medical system. Um, in my Philippines housing development, some people are calling for anyone with any signs of a fever to be automatically quarantined for 14 days. Fortunately, our management is a bit saner than that. Um, there was a story that came out uh, maybe a week ago in Africa. There was someone in a village who got diagnosed with COVID-19 and the other villagers killed him. So um, it's, it is... People can be absolutely insane if they don't turn their TVs off and they believe everything they're told. Here's another one. Lovely day to walk today, but disappointing to see the number of people using the bridal track on group bike rides that clearly were not within their own bubble and not two meters apart. So, okay, let me guess. These people might be on a bicycle build for two. I'm only assuming that. They probably came out of the same house, okay? Einstein, they came out of the same house and they got onto the same bicycle and they rode in the fresh air and in the sunlight. Vitamin D is one of the most important ways to prevent serious infections. And then they went home and you are pissed off because they were not two meters apart. Try and think about that for a while. And one of the comments was, my mom has been horrified watching people cross the lagoon bridge. And obviously they must have been touching the handrail. Oh dear. So, you know, people get absolutely crazy. Sorry, I'm going back here. And this is a story that I shared on my own page. And I've since heard, people didn't believe this. They said, oh, no, no, no. How do, how do you have proof that this actually happened? And I have read this same or similar story from the United States and from all around Australia. 
Uh, I've just been told that the police in Byron were waiting yesterday when five surfers got out of the ocean to find them. So apparently they were less than a meter and a half apart at some point while they were on their boards, so they got an $1,100 fine. My hope is that once the courts reopen, um, they go to court and actually appeal against this because that is insanity. And I will share another story with you that um, I got told. And this is from a woman who is almost nine months pregnant. She's ready to pop and she's got ligament um, problems. It's very common when you have, uh, when you're pregnant. I had it in my back. She has it somewhere else. And she can't walk for long distances. She's got a 16 month old baby. So she went and took her baby for a walk to the beach and she had to sit down on a bench to catch her breath and just to, you know, ease the pain. And while she was sitting there, her daughter was, I think it was a daughter, could have been a son, I'm not sure, was running around and playing. And two police officers came up to her and told her she had to move on. And she said, I'm just sitting here for a minute, officer, I'm sorry, I just need to catch my breath, I'm very pregnant. I'm like, are you blind? Um, and the police officer said, well, you have two choices. You can either move on or I can write you an $1,100 fine. So she said, I can move on, but I can't walk very far. I'm going to have to sit down again. And he basically said, if you sit down again, we're going to have to find you. And she said, but I, my daughter needs exercise. I've taken her out to exercise. And he said to her, children don't need exercise. I hope this woman goes to the local police station and files an official complaint against that officer. Penny said, playgrounds are closed, but daycare is open. That doesn't make any sense at all, does it? Uh, Tanya said, the witch hunt is insane. People in my subdivision watching the park, ready to dob people in. And that is exactly what is going on. People are, the witch hunt is insane. And that's true. We know in Poland they separate new newborns from mums for two weeks. And the CDC is recommending this as well. It's a great way to make sure that no babies are breastfed. Um, and also to make sure that babies are traumatized after birth. And it's another reason why perhaps we should be considering home births and not hospital births. Um, I got that, Ella. It's okay. I know. It is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, so... I'm just going to go here. The government has said, just listen to the Prime Minister outlining life as we will know it in Australia. This is what they want to call the new normal. It is very serious and frightening. Times have changed and life as we know it was, all right, is over. We may never get back to what we had, not if we have anything to say about it. I am trying to remain positive, but it is becoming more difficult each day. The saddest thing is the restriction around weddings and funerals. Five at weddings, no more than ten at funerals. I guess it is just a matter of suck it up and jog on. Complaining will change nothing. Well, that is absolutely not true. We can't just jog on. We're not even allowed to jog very soon. Um, and complaining probably won't do anything unless it is intelligent complaining. And that is what we have to be intelligent about this. This came out about 10 minutes before I went on air this morning. Major supermarkets reveal shock new shopper limits. Woolworths and Kohl's will introduce new reduced customer limits in stores with reports one has already started letting in only eight customers at a time. Can you imagine? Um, 
this is just another way in which to make people feel like there is a, um, a lack of food. Because if you can only go into Coles or Woolies, first of all, they're going to have people lining up outside the supermarket. So how is that actually going to be going along with the regulations? You're going to have to wait there. And, of course, you're going to be close to people. Are the police going to be outside of there taking advantage of this situation and fining everyone $1,100? So, um, you know, it, it is just kind of crazy. Cruz said, no, my friend's daughter is a local paramedic in Gippsland. Business is dead. In the Trobe Hospital, they have one possible case. Now, I believe that the actual number of deaths in Australia right now is up to 29, and we have about 20 people countrywide nationwide in intensive care in the winter time that is i mean if we had a flu season like that people would be laughing um it is just crazy and penny said yep you definitely don't want to die now your immediate family is more than 10 what did you say sorry more than 10 yep and this is another story that i read this morning and it is one of the saddest ones i know a 17 year old was taken to hospital I don't know exactly what they had. They suspected COVID-19. Um, this 17-year-old was put into an induced coma and died alone because their family was not allowed to be with them. Now, I looked up induced comas because I hear this all the time about induced comas. And induced comas themselves, they use barbiturates. They use like um, the thing that killed Michael Jackson. Uh, I can't remember, propanol or something like that. Um, and they use other barbiturates and opioids to induce a coma, and those drugs in and of themselves can cause death. Now, the reason for an induced coma is to reduce brain damage. So if you've had head trauma or something like that, it reduces um, the activity in the brain so that hopefully it reduces the amount of brain damage that might be happening. Why would they put a 17-year-old who had, if he did have, uh, upper respiratory symptoms, and I don't know what the symptoms were. Why would they put him into an induced coma? Prue's uh, asking, can we get the suicide rate since this began? I've been looking for that, Prue, and I know that we've had some figures, and I believe that there has already been a huge uptick in suicides, and I will talk about that for sure. I don't have the figures right now, but because of the depression uh, and domestic violence, Sally Ann, I know that domestic violence has doubled. Um, since this whole thing started, I just read that, and I didn't uh, put the uh, reference here, and I apologize for that, but domestic violence has doubled. So I don't know about deaths, but, but reports of domestic violence has doubled. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sharon said, so who is subsidizing this restriction at Coles Woolies? Their bottom lines are going to be affected, so I can't see them agreeing to it without some recompense. And I agree with that. I'm over 60. I have a senior's card, so I can still order from Coles and Woolies and get delivery. But what if you are not? What if you are... Um, you know, someone who is younger, someone who can't order in, you're going to have to spend a whole day waiting outside of Coles or Woolies just to buy your weekly groceries. And, of course, because you can only do that every once in a while, you're going to be stocking up, you're going to be panic buying. All of this is happening because of these steps that are being taken. Uh, Leanne said, I got pulled up for having more than two cans in my trolley. I thought it was no more than two of each product, but beans and veg regarded the same 
also had four different vitamins, was only allowed to take two. Now, that's interesting. I haven't heard that about vitamins. I have heard that about cans and pasta and toilet paper and paper towel, things like that. It is insanity. And the fact that we're accepting it is the craziest thing of all. Um, this is an article that came out on the 21st of March, so it's a little while ago. And they've got this picture, and I'm sure that this is not a current picture. Large crowds have been spotted at beaches and pubs despite strict advice. Look at the word advice from the government to stay away. So the government is now giving us advice. The government is our mother and father. The government is telling us what we can and can't do. And right now, the government is telling us that we have a, uh, a deadline where we have to be in our house and we're not allowed to breach that deadline. Um, Sally Ann says, I have a very close friend in domestic, who is a domestic violence victim. She said home situation is far worse since this all started. And that's, I think, a lot of people, especially women, are in that situation. Sharon said there's been a 20% rise in lifeline calls. And, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm just surprised it's only 20%. So the government is telling us that we can't be around other people. We have to be solitary. We have to be alone. Um, and this is a meme that I shared yesterday on my personal Facebook page. And, boy, did I get a lot of response to this, most of it positive. Please do not gather in large groups unless you have enough people to overthrow the government. And, honestly, right now, the government is not acting like they are working for our benefit at all, not even a little bit. Um, quarantine is when you restrict, restrict the movement of sick people. Tyranny is when you restrict the movement of healthy people. Any questions? And that is absolutely true. Um, we are living under a tyrannical government right now. A lot of people are saying it's gone past tyranny and straight to communism. Um, the amount of control that our government has taken over our lives, every single thing that we do, from how we birth, to how we walk in the street, to how we go swimming in the ocean, to how we eat our food, all of this is being controlled. Um, so, yeah, it is pretty crazy. Time to shop at smaller independent retailers. Jane, I looked at your name quickly, and I thought you might have been Jane Hansen. I was about to welcome you. <laughs> um, yes, and I think the smaller independent retailers need our business, too. So, and I, I go shopping locally in Bangalore when I can. So, yeah. Oh, we have curfews, too, here. 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. only to go out. That they will do that next. So, yeah, curfews. I couldn't think of the word, Sally, and I'm losing it. So, um, please share that meme. The one that I'm just showing you? Penny, I will. Um, Cruz says, a woman I work with was very upset as far back as two weeks ago because reporters from the Herald's Gum <laughs> came out to a local cafe and took pictures of her and two family members sitting together. Their pictures made the paper with the media screaming that they did not obey. Same family, same car. It is insanity, absolute insanity, and it is destroying our country. It is destroying our society. Um, this is another meme. Small business owners. Six years of building customer relationships, three loans, and two mortgages, and finally being profitable. 
one week into the government trying to solve a pandemic and the whole thing is destroyed. And I look at the United States, like I don't think Australia's economy was quite as strong as the American economy was, but um, three years of the, this presidency and the economy was the strongest it has ever been. Um, unemployment was the lowest it has ever been. And in two weeks that has all gone down the gurgler. So um, it is pretty amazing that that we've allowed this to happen, and I hope that there will be a huge bounce, and I hope that not too many people are going to be uh, hurt permanently because of this. That's my fear. I bet that Jane will be watching to see what you say once you're not live. She may even be watching live, and we didn't know unless she commented. But I think she will be watching this, and maybe, you never know, she might actually learn something. How crazy would that be? So, um, yeah, divide, scare, and conquer. And that is the playbook that the government is following right now. How do you know she's not here, Penny? Can you actually see who's watching? I didn't even know that. Um, I thought you could only see people who commented. So, yeah, she probably will watch it or she'll get one of her offsiders to watch it. But I don't think she'll learn anything from it. Um, she's one of the true believers. And I, I believe that. I believe that she's very sincere in what she thinks and what she believes. Um, it's hard for me to not be angry with her because I see the way she has treated families who don't vaccinate their children, even families who lost children because of vaccines. And that makes me quite angry because I don't think that anybody should be treating other people poorly because of their medical choices. But, um, yeah, it's, it is um, April. Jane Hansen, she's a journalist. Uh, I use, she's an opinion writer. She's not really a journalist with the Daily Telegraph and the Murdoch Media. So, and she has a special interest in making sure that everybody gets vaccinated with every possible vaccine. Um, Leanne just shared something from the Mirror Coronavirus Police State Hysterical. Um, you can click on that. I haven't seen it yet. This is another one. <laughs> this is Austria. But we can just say Australia because when I actually first put the slide up, I read that as Australia. Coronavirus. Australia bans all gatherings of more than five feet people. Families of six. And that is exactly what I'm wondering. We were a family of six. Um, there are families of 10. My husband's one of 10 children. So that's 12 people in the house. What do you do in that case? Um, so it's, it's kind of crazy. And the other situation, right now in Australia, schools are still open. In the United States, they're not. This is another meme, working from home. Um, as you can see, this mother has found a, uh, an interesting way to take care of her school-aged children while she gets her work done. Uh, that is not serious. I am not recommending that people um, hogtail, uh, hogtie their children so they can get their work done. But um, it is kind of amazing what we have come to. And here's another one. I love this one. I have a 24-pack of Aldi toilet rolls looking to swap for a four-bedroom house. And we've just about come to this. I, I think I may have shared this. I, I had some toilet paper, but not that much at home. And about a week and a half ago, I went into my pantry, and under the shelf, I found a bag with 48 rolls of toilet paper in it, and I just felt like I had won the lottery. So we're all crazy. 
<laughs> even me. <laughs> Some people will say that I've been crazy all along. Um, <laughs> here's another one. I washed my hands so much due to COVID-19 that my exam notes from 1995 resurfaced. And the interesting thing here is that we know that good hygiene, hand washing, making sure that you are clean with soap and water is the best way to control just about any infectious diseases. Um, and I'd like to go on to the next topic, which is, uh, we have been, we meaning the AVN, we have been getting dozens of requests from people who work in, uh, in healthcare, especially aged care, saying that they are going to be forced to be vaccinated and asking what we can do to help them. Uh, this is a paramedic, so hospitals are obviously doing the same thing. Uh, any QAS, I guess that's Queensland, paramedics expressed concern in the compulsory flu shots to enter nursing homes. Um, so I guess if you are an ambulance driver and you're going to drop off someone who's sick at a nursing home or maybe pick them up and take them to the doctor, uh, they're going to say that you need to be vaccinated. Our medical director has just announced we will all need them by May 1st and to provide proof. I joined the ambulance before they were compulsory as a condition of employment employment and will be refusing. This will create waves, so it would be good if I'm not the only one. If anyone else contacts you, could you please put them in touch with me? And I've got to tell you that there have been lots of people contacting us. Um, uh, you know, when I say dozens, there are probably 10 people a day who've been contacting us. Um, and the thing is that the ABN as much as people would like to think that we have the answers to everything, we don't. We are a small group of volunteers, and we do the best we can, but this is something that we can't really do. We don't have a stable of willing uh, pro bono attorneys. I wish we did, and I wish there were more attorneys out there, more barristers, more QCs, more lawyers, who would be willing, especially now that the courts are closed, what else are you doing? to provide us with advice and provide these people with advice and legal representation. Because it's our belief that what the government is doing is not um, upholdable by law, that it is a breach of our Constitution. But without the legal support, we can't really say that. We're not lawyers. So what we would be telling people like this is get legal advice. If you have a contract, a pre-existing contract, it is our understanding that nobody can change your contract conditions without you agreeing to it. It doesn't matter if the government passes legislation. You have signed a contract. So that contract is legally binding. If that contract did not say that you needed to be vaccinated, then you don't need to be vaccinated. Um, so get legal advice. And very important, get together with the other people that you work with and ask them, are they also angry about these requirements? It doesn't matter whether they think, well, that's great, I'll take the vaccine. Do they think that anybody should be forced to take a vaccination if they don't think it's the best thing for them? And if they don't, then you guys have to walk out. If everybody who believes in health freedom, which I think would be most uh, workers in hospitals, in aged care facilities, uh, in paramedic units, if most people walked out tomorrow and said we are not coming back to work until our freedoms are supported by this government, the very next day, 
your freedom would be supported by the government. But as long as you are individual units who are afraid and not willing to speak out, the government can do anything they want to you. So get legal advice and take action. Um, I can't stress that highly enough. The AVN is putting on our website today, so please check it out. Maybe wait until this afternoon. Uh, avn.org.au, a template letter that um, was made by someone else that you can give to your employer if you work in healthcare or in aged care. Um, and even if you are someone who lives in an aged care facility or someone who tries to visit someone in an aged care facility and is told you can't go in there. So please check out our website this afternoon and look at that. We have also asked a lawyer to make a letter for us that it won't be legally binding, but it will be more involved with legal issues. Uh, and as soon as we have that, we will put that on our website as well. As well. Sorry. If you are a lawyer, a paralegal, someone who knows the law and you would like to offer advice to not just the AVN but to the people who are um, in this situation, please contact us. You can um, send a message, a private message to this page and we will be back to you. Uh, put down your name and phone number and your email address if possible and we will be back to you. Um, and again, we have been sending so many people to the local team support groups, um, people who want local support. What I am being told by the team leaders in these groups is that many of the people, when they're put in contact with these groups, they're being asked to join together with the team leaders and to take action, write letters, um, you know, help with research, doing all of these necessary things. And a lot of the people are saying, no, no, no. I didn't join because I wanted to help. I joined because I wanted you to support me. And I got to tell you that that is probably not a great attitude to have in this current situation. Yes, if you are in a situation where you need local support, that's fine. And you can ask the team leaders and they will do their best to help you. But we are in a once-in-a-lifetime, never-happened-before situation where our lives and freedoms are at risk, at real risk, and we all need to be working together. It's not enough to say, I want you to help me. I'm not going to do anything in return. Um, we all need to be working on this issue. I'm just going to go through because I keep hearing this cluck, cluck, cluck as the um, comments come through. I'll just see. Uh, yeah, Leanne says, Italy's residents have been more affected by coronavirus because they have the worst pollution in Europe, and that's true. Um, worst air, water, and soil pollution, and they've also just turned on 5G, according to Dr. Loretta Bolgan. Uh, I'm still getting the, uh, the captioning done on that uh, interview that I did with her, so it's probably going to be a few more days before I get it up. Uh, I want to make sure that everybody can understand what she said. Yes, hand soap is better than hand sanitizer. I believe that too. Penny, um, Allah, I tried to go to the beach in Broken Head, and when I saw blocked parking spots, I got upset. I need to go to the beach every day with my little one. I'm happy there, and my little one is like in heaven. What about mental health? Exactly. Uh, there are going to be a lot of mental health issues and trauma because of this, and people are living in fear. And fear 
is terrible for your health, absolutely terrible for your health. It saps your immune system. So it's a really bad situation. Uh, Prue says, I had to go to the pharmacy for work, and they wouldn't let me in without hand sanitizer. <laughs> when I refused, they served me at the door. I told them I get allergies, communism, um, good for the collective only. I will not use hand sanitizers. I use soap and water, and that's got to be good enough. Um, what's the bet? The reporting of the adverse events in Australia from flu shots will be hard to find. In fact, do we have access for any of the past year 2017 yet? Yes, we do. Uh, go to the DAEN database. I think it's daen.gov.au. But if you do a search for DAEN, that's the database of adverse Try that in English. Database of Adverse Event Notifications. You will see that. Realize that that only represents about 1% of the actual um, adverse reactions, and many serious reactions, including deaths, have been mysteriously removed from the database without explanation. But yes, you can. And I think that DAEN is supposed to be up to date for like the past quarter. Um, and I skipped something, but uh, there was a slide that was basically, um, Scott Morrison has said that the way in which we will come out of lockdown is when a vaccine for coronavirus has been released. The best case, or in my case, worst case scenario for the release of a coronavirus vaccine, which I believe strongly will be made compulsory for every man, woman, and child in Australia when it's released. But the best case scenario is that this will not happen for at least six months, six to eight months. So is Scott Morrison actually saying that we're going to be in a lockdown situation for six months? And if that is the case, then infectious diseases are going to be the least of our problems. We will not have an economy. People will be starving. I read an article in the United States. Now, they, the United States does have a welfare system. But it's not like the welfare system in Australia. It's not as responsive. It's not as fast. And um, this was a report from a food bank in California. Um, and the food bank actually said that they have been serving people in the United States, the richest country in the world, who had not eaten for three days. So people are starving because of coronavirus. It's not because there is no food. The food banks said they have plenty of food. Food is not the problem. They don't have enough volunteers to get out there, and people are not allowed to leave their homes to get food. So if people haven't prepared, and I've always had at least four to six weeks' worth of food in my house. Um, so if people have not prepared, then they are in a very serious situation, and especially if they have children. You know, can you imagine not having food for your children in the house? Um it is a very serious situation. This is a real risk that people are going to starve to death, that people are going to be um, affected mentally and emotionally, and that our economy will never be able to come back from where it is right now. Um, I, I haven't shared these slides, but the agenda is clear for so many people who want to look at what is happening. The World Health Organization declared a pandemic 24 hours after Bill Gates spoke with, I cannot pronounce his name, the, um, the, the uh, I forget what it is, the general of the United Nations. Um, Bill Gates gives more money through his Gates Foundation 
to the United Nations than any country except for the United States. I think he gives something like $360 million U.S. a year to the United Nations. As a result of that, he can do basically anything he wants to do. And there is a fabulous article from the Washington Times that was shared on the AVN page. So when this is over, go take a look down, scroll down, and find that article from the Washington Times about Bill Gates' conflict of interest. Bill Gates is one of the richest men in the world, and yet he still seems to be doing things that will benefit him financially. And it is very possible that he will make money hand over foot. <laughs> and I don't remember what the, what the word is. Sorry. Um, out of this pandemic. And our country, our economy, our livelihoods may never recover from what has been happening over just the last few weeks. And there doesn't seem to be a realization from our government that they are destroying our country with their actions. Um, there are other countries like Sweden, like Singapore, um, like Thailand, that are not doing what we're doing, that are still operating and are not having um, excesses of death or disability or serious illness, despite the fact that they're not doing what we're doing. They are not quarantining people. They are not doing social separation. Yes, they are re requesting that if you are sick, you wear a mask. That is just common sense. They have hand sanitizers and soap and water everywhere, and you're supposed to wash your hands continuously and wash surfaces continuously, but their businesses are open, their restaurants and cafes are open, people are traveling um, within the country. I think they have stopped travel from outside. Again, that makes common sense. But what is happening in Australia, in the United States, in Europe, in some parts of Asia, is going to have ramifications that will be affecting us potentially for decades. What we've done in a month may affect us for a very, very long time. Um, so, yeah, I, I went off on a tangent again. Julia Lamond, I think it's time to step up and not expect others to do all the, week, all the work. Yes, I agree with you, Julia, and that's what we're asking people to do. Work together. If we work together, we will be unbeatable. If, they allow, if we allow them to separate us and to make us feel helpless, we haven't got a hope. Um, so, yeah, TGA is known to be hiding reports. That's true. We have found this information under Freedom of Information. Why so many flu deaths still with all these vaccines if they work? Great question. And, yeah, Jennifer, first of all, a lot of the flu deaths are not flu deaths. Um, Governments in Australia, the United States, and other places actually clump together deaths from pneumonia as if they were caused by flu. So if you die from pneumonia, it is, it is classed as a death from influenza. Influenza deaths are only a small percentage of the deaths that are actually noted as influenza. So um, lies, damned lies, and statistics, they're not telling the truth again. But our vaccination rate against influenza has been going up mainly because people are being told they have to take the flu vaccine, which is not true. But even with increasing rates of vaccination, um, deaths and cases have not declined. They've gone up. And we see the same thing with whooping cough. Um, we've got over 95% of our children vaccinated against whooping cough, and we have records of whooping cough outbreaks quite often, record numbers. So if 
if we're looking at the evidence base for these policies, it's not there. We don't have an evidence base to show that these policies are working to reduce uh, incidence or mortality from these conditions. Queensland households are now allowed to have two visitors as long as they are not strangers. So we have now got the government telling us who we can have in our own houses. Uh, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk clarified the rules on Thursday after widespread confusion about how many people were allowed inside a house. And this is the thing. We don't need the government to tell us how many people we're allowed to have in our house. We own our houses. We are free men, free women. We are entitled to have anyone in our house we damn well please. And if the government wants to fine people for this or put them in jail, um, I think they're going to be arresting and jailing a lot more people than we have room for. And I think they're going to have people going to court to appeal against any fines that are given because of this. Um, they have no right to tell us who we can and cannot have in our houses. Um, Penny says, yes, people should definitely walk out, but they will not get the support of the majority of fellow workers. That's why they need to talk to their fellow workers and explain. This is not, will you take the vaccine because I won't. No, it's nothing to do with that. It is, do you think that the government has the right to force me to take the vaccine when I think it may adversely affect my health? And if you don't think that, will you support me by walking out? You need to explain this to them because today it's the flu vaccine. Next week it could be 20 shots. And because they didn't support you now, they're not going to get your support later because you're not going to be there anymore. And as I've said before several times, requiring the flu vaccine during a coronavirus outbreak is not only unscientific, it is insane. Because studies showed that people who get the flu vaccine are at 36% increased risk of coronavirus infection. So if we're trying to keep people healthy, this is not the way to go about it. April said, I was an aged care worker and was thinking of going back to it, but the flu shot stopped me. And that's the thing. A lot of really good people who should be working in aged care and who are very good at it will not be there uh, because of this. Jennifer Rose, walk out anyway. I agree. If I was an aged care worker or I was a, um, you know, a nurse or a doctor, I would be walking out, but that's me. Um, so Julia says, walking out sends a message regardless of the majority and keeps you in charge of your body. And that's what this is about, bodily integrity. The government does not own us. We are not government property. Um, I may have told you we have bought the Vax bus. We haven't gotten it wrapped yet. That's going to be done very soon. And one thing that the committee has definitely decided, um, when we get it wrapped, one of the things that it's going to say is we are not government property. Because that is the truth. The government wants to treat us as if they own us, and they do not own us. We are free men and free women, and the government does not own us, and they cannot tell us what to do in our homes. They cannot tell us what to do with our bodies. And don't give them that power, because they don't have it. Um, yeah. Sally says, alcohol can be absorbed through the skin. It is not safe. Um, I'm not sure what the end of that is. But yeah, I will not use an alcohol, um, uh, you know, cleanser, whatever, because of that. 
Uh, Leanne, I'm glad you brought that up. Professor Peter Collignon, who actually made waves during the 2009 swine flu epidemic, is now saying that the extreme measures that the government is taking are unwarranted and risked rebellion. He actually said that, risked rebellion. Read Leanne's comments. Peter Collignon is a professor of public health at Australian National University. He is an expert on this issue, and he is saying that the government is going way too far. And I agree with him. And I think that um, the government needs to come back to reality or find that nobody's going to be listening to what they're saying anyway. I don't know how much longer people are going to allow themselves to be quarantined. I don't know how much longer they're going to allow themselves to be uh, only let into the supermarket eight at a time. I honestly don't know. But I think that when push comes to shove, uh, when the majority finally does say only this and no more, um, it will be equivalent to a rebellion, and the government will have caused that themselves. So, uh, and Penny says influenza rates are still rising, even in social isolation, and it's true. Social isolation has very little to do with actually stopping the spread of diseases, and whether or not these diseases are infectious is a question. Um, oh, coronavirus crisis, child body bags sent into remote indigenous communities in preparation for possible COVID-19 deaths. I read that article, and honestly, I don't know why they're saying this, because children seem to be very, um, are not very susceptible to serious COVID-19 infections. Uh, and what we have in Australia right now is martial law. There's no two ways about it. The government and the police, and in some cases the military, the military has been called out in some areas, have taken over the country. So we are living under martial law. Um, and I didn't vote for this, <laughs> and I don't think anyone voted for this. Um, Sally Ann says, I don't see how this government can ever back off on this, because if they do, they will never get away with what they've done. I think you're probably right. And it's one of the things I, I do watch what happens in the United States quite a bit. And I've been watching a lot of uh, President Trump does a conference, uh, like a press conference, every day. Sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's two hours. And he does rabbit on a bit. But the man makes a lot of sense. And he has never painted himself into a corner the way that Scott Morrison and a lot of the European leaders have. Um, he's always left it open. And he's talking now about rolling um, ends to the quarantine for areas that don't have serious problems with illness. New York and California, yes, serious problems. He's going to keep them quarantined. But um, a lot of the country, the majority of it, not Florida, but a lot of the country has not had any problems. And I'm looking around me here, and there aren't that many problems. The hospitals are fairly empty in this area. I've seen them. So... Um, if there is not an issue, we should be allowed to get back to life. Allowed to. I shouldn't even say that because the government has no right to say if we can't. But um, I agree with you, uh, Sally Ann. I think that, that Scott Morrison has painted himself into a corner and there's not going to be any escape for him. And it'll be interesting to watch what happens, how this eventuates, how we get out of this. But if I was a small business owner, even a not-so-small business owner, if I was someone whose livelihood has been destroyed because of what the government has done, and it turns out that 
it was all done without any evidence. And I think it was Peter Collignon who was asking for the modeling that the government used to say that the coronavirus outbreak was going to be as deadly and as bad as they say it did. And so far, the modeling has not been released. We do know the modeling from the UK, as I said earlier, was wrong by 2,400% on deaths. So if I was a small business owner and my business was destroyed, my livelihood was destroyed, as soon as I had the information, I would be joining a class action against the government to get back the money that I had lost because of this. And I think that people need to get together and make sure this never happens again. And holding the government financially accountable for what's been done is a great way of making sure they never do this again. Because they're already talking about this quarantine, this lockdown situation having to happen every few months. And especially when the, the Southern Hemisphere goes into winter soon, um, that we may have to be locked down again. Hell no! We do not have to be locked down again. And we need to stop this before it starts. Um, so, yeah, I do think that the government needs to be held accountable for what's going on. Um, so I'm just looking here. I feel we are way push and shove already. People embracing their confinement, I don't understand it. I don't think they're the majority, Sharon. I'm telling you that I've been speaking with people who are not at all questioners of mainstream, not at all people who don't vaccinate, and they are saying, this does not look like a terrible epidemic. Why are we in this situation? Um, I don't believe what I'm hearing on TV. I don't believe what the government is telling us. People... Even if they're not questioning, they're starting to wake up to what's going on. So um, I really think that we uh, are waking up masses. Not we, but the government is waking up the masses because they're lying so egregiously. Um, they are going so far over the top that even people who would not normally question are questioning. So uh, I, I, I feel more hopeful maybe than you do, but... Um, I, uh, maybe it's also because I live in an area that is does tend to be a little bit more alternative, but I'm telling you that I'm speaking with people who are not alternative in any way, and they're questioning what's going on. Um, and then there are, of course, people who are totally mindless and, and thinking, oh, we've got to do exactly what we're told. How dare people not follow orders? Um, but I do think that people are starting to wake up. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I need to tell you. Yes, there is. This week, in the middle of all of this craziness, ah, oh, yes, thank you, Sharon. And I had my card, and I don't have it out here. I will share this on Facebook in a little while. There is a new campaign that is being started. Thank you so much for, for reminding me about that, Sharon. Um, what we're asking, I don't know how many of you remember when Chase was taken by Docs. Um, he was a little boy who was uh, taken away from his family because they were treating him with natural therapies, and he had permanent brain damage as a result of his vaccinations and vitamin K shot. And um, there were people who were taking pictures holding a sign that said hashtag free chase. So we are starting a new campaign, and when I say we, this is not the ABN. This is something that is being run via the team leaders groups, where um, we're asking people to hold up signs. They don't have to, if you don't want your face on this, put it in front of a teddy bear, put it on a table, whatever. Just a plain piece of A4 paper saying, free the people. Oh, sorry, wait a minute. Do you feel safer at the very top? 
and then hashtag free the people underneath and I will share my sign later on this morning it's almost 11.15 already. Um, later on by this afternoon, uh, I just need to get a picture taken. We are asking everybody to do this. Do you feel safer? Question mark. Hashtag free the people. And in the comments underneath your picture, whether you share it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any other social media, tell a story about how this current situation with the lockdown and quarantine is affecting you and your family. Share that information. Has your business suffered? Has your job been lost? All of this thing. Um, so let's get together. Let's start actually spreading this information and use that hashtag on social media. Hashtag free the people. Um, let people know that you are asking that question. Do you feel safer? I got to tell you, I am not concerned about coronavirus, but I have grave concerns about our government. Um, oh, thank you, Adam, too. That's what I was about to say. During this week, um, we got delivery of the Vax 2 DVDs. Now, I have filled my car twice and taken it to the post office. I've actually cleared. Uh, we're using these envelopes in order to save money. We only charge five fifty for postage. Um, we are using these envelopes, and I have emptied every single post office in my area of these envelopes. So I've got another 100 coming in on Monday, so the rest of the single and double DVDs will be sent out on Monday. But um, all of the DVDs that you've been waiting for are going out. If you order DVDs with books, they are going out. I have packages packed because I've done all the single ones that I could do. So now I'm doing the ones with books and the people who ordered lots of 10 because they're $25 each, but if you order a lot of 10, it's $180 for the lot of 10. And a lot of people are buying lots of 10 and then sharing them with friends and family, giving them away, whatever. Um, yeah, so if you have not yet purchased the DVDs, uh, Adam, can you can you go on to the avm.org.au shop and then go into the shop and do a search for Vaxxed 2 DVD and share the link for me if you wouldn't mind? Uh, Adam will put the link to the DVDs uh, in this uh, comment box. So if you haven't yet ordered, do so now. Um, we are probably going to be ordering more DVDs very soon because they are walking out of here, running out of here, and that is wonderful. It's great to see that people are so interested in this issue. Um, Sandra is saying that Facebook is stopping people seeing our pages. That's not true, Sandra. What they are doing is if you search for Australian Vaccination Risks Network or anything else that is a vaccine-critical uh, page, you have to scroll through about 30 or 40 World Health Organization, CDC, TGA, all of these other sites, and then all the way down the bottom, you will see a link to our page. So you have to scroll through. What I've done is I've saved the link in my favorites, and then I can just click right on that so I don't have to go through that every time. Um, so yeah, I, I can't think of anything else that I need to talk about at this time. If you still want to get into in touch with your local team leaders, again, remember, send a private message to the page. I need every single time, I need to ask people to give me this information. So listen, it is, it is taking a lot of time because I have to keep going back and forth with people. Give us this information. Go to the, you know, message the page. I don't need your name because your name is there in your profile. I need your phone number and your email address. I need the state and suburb that you're in. 
Once I have that, then I can send that to the team leader in your local area. Don't write back to me after 24 hours saying I haven't heard from anyone. People are being run off their feet with requests for uh, joining the local groups. Give it three or four days, please, because someone will get back to you. But um, it could take a little, a little while. So, uh -huh. Penny, Facebook wouldn't let me use notifications to come to this live Facebook. That's crazy. That's the first I've heard of that. So, um, yeah, it's, it is, there's a definite uh, push for censorship. And the UK has actually made posting, or I, I don't know if it's passed yet, but there is legislation before Parliament in the UK to make posting any information critical of vaccination online a crime punishable by, um, I think, six months in prison and a $5,000 fine. There is no doubt, and, and Adam has just posted. Uh, that's not actually the link. Sorry, Adam. I wanted you, when you went into the shop, go in there and do a search for Vaxxed 2, uh, 2 as II, DVD, and then post that link if you don't mind, because that will take people directly to the Vaxxed 2 DVD. But, hey, you've got the link to the shop there, so you, you people can do that yourselves, too. So um, they have made it, a, well, they're going to be making it a crime punishable by six months in jail and a $5,000 fine for posting things that are critical about vaccination or things that they consider misinformation about coronavirus, or in other words, information about coronavirus that is not medically proved. So I, I can't imagine that it'll be long before Australia considers the same move. Um, I can tell you that I will not be stopping doing this, uh, and I will not be stopping criticizing government policy on vaccination because government policy is not informed by science, and government policy is discriminatory and wrong on this issue, and I will continue to say that, and if I go to jail for it, and if I have to be fined for it, I will go to jail, and I will be fined, and I will have my day in court, and in my day in court, I will be bringing information um, to the public's attention. So um, I'm not going to waste my time. Adam, thank you. He's put the second link up, which goes directly to the Vax2 DVDs. So thank you very much, everyone. Um, <laughs> and Helen did it, too. Thank you so much. You've got it double now. So if you want to order the Vax2 DVDs this weekend, It'll be sent out on Monday, provided I get enough of the envelopes. Um, if not, I will be going further afield to Lismore to get more of those envelopes. Um, I may have to drive even further away, maybe up to the Gold Coast. I don't know. I can't go to the Gold Coast. That's right, Tweedheads. I can go to Tweedheads. Um, so, yeah, I'll go to one of the bigger post offices and get some there. But uh, I should hopefully have enough on Monday to send out all the orders that have come in so far and anything that people order this weekend. The joys of working outside, mosquitoes. Um, guys, I am going to let you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, I thank you so much for joining me here on Under the Wire. Keep talking amongst yourselves. I will come back and look through the comments, and I will comment where needed. I will answer any questions that are there. Um, I, I cannot thank you enough for uh, coming here, for sharing this on your personal pages and in groups. Uh, this is information that people really need to know and information that the government is trying to hide. So um, stay healthy, stay well, stay active, and um, keep speaking your truth. And I will see you next weekend on Under the Wire. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.